time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we wake up with a Saturday morning sun, plop down in the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And with us today is... Oh, hey guys, I'm Adrian. <laughs> oh, Adrian. Hey, what's up? Uh, not much. Glad to, happy to be here. Like, this is exciting. Yeah, man. Welcome also to the Nerd Sloth Network. We are glad to yeah. have you. We welcome you with our long arms of nerdy approval. Yeah, it's kind of like getting jumped into a gang, but like instead of being beaten <laughs> severely, I pretty much get to watch cartoons with you guys. So this is a lot more fun. Me and Joseph joined a gang once by accident. Accidentally. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother story, though, for another time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're still members. Is there an expiration date? I don't think. No, I think if you join a gang, I'm pretty sure you're in until you die. So. Oh, yeah, because it's for life with the number four. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, but this is also 2016. And, well, I think there's a lot more like <laughs> litigation, a lot more paperwork now. Oh, like They oh. actually have like chapter dues. Ooh, I haven't spoken uh, to our gang's HR for a while. I haven't returned the paperwork yet, so I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, getting back on track a little bit, Adrian is... <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Adrian is uh, from his podcast, Adrian Has Issues, and he's been a friend of ours for pretty much ever since the network started, even back when it was a network that will not be named. <laughs> <laughs> the network that used to be an evil wizard? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> We've been on... A couple shows together already. There was a time when we did a crossover and we, Adrian, myself, and Shaddai, who you've heard a couple times on this show, we crossed over to Comical Podcast and did their show for us while they jumped over to Pillow Talk and did that show. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Adrian, uh, anything you want to plug real quick before, or uh, actually tell everybody where they can find you. Wink. All right. Well, Agent Has Issues, real quick, is an interview show where I talk to comic book creators, comedians, musicians, and even some friends of mine, basically geeking out about the things we love, whether it's uh, music. And occasionally, um, we actually decide to talk about something a little bit more in depth, but a lot of times it's just kicking back and having a lot of fun. Uh, my website is AdrianHasIssues.com. I'm on Twitter at AdrianHasIssues and Facebook. Coincidentally, uh, Adrian Has Issues there as well. That's a weird coincidence. They're all named the same thing. <laughs> Every time we pick something, we always have to put in like an underscore somewhere because <laughs> yeah. somebody else has taken it. It's like someone buy like takes the account and like never uses it. They just get it and it just sits there. And then we're like, yo, can we have it? And then we don't hear from them. And then we're sad. Uh, patent uh. trolls. I'll, be, I'll basically be like the nurse sloth muscle. There you go. I'll be like Maul in the uh, the cartoon that we watched. Uh, oh, man. I, I, oh, yes. <laughs> Speaking of, tell them what we watched, yeah. Joseph. This morning, we watched Wildcats. That was an awesome theme song. That is okay. a catchy theme song. I'm sorry. Yeah. I spent, like, I had to rewatch the show several times because I kept looping the theme song and rapping <laughs> along to it. I was going to learn the rap 
for because I wanted to do it on on the the episode, but I couldn't find the lyrics written down. Anywhere. I couldn't find the lyrics either. And what's really I like how all of us tried. It's <laughs> awesome. What's really difficult is the fact that those periods in the name make it kind of hard to find. And if you just search yeah. Wildcats, like there's a movie Good called Lord. Wildcats, and ugh, so I got confusing. something about some cheerleaders. Yeah, I used to rap that one, and my sister used to do like the background female vocals, and like it was pretty awesome. Nice. I don't like. I don't understand what they sister. say right after they finish saying Wildcats. They say something like uh, saving people or doing something to people, and then saving people and doing something to people. We're heroes with some kind of powers. I don't. I don't know what it says. Okay, oh, I um, think it's like we're good against evil. I think good against okay. evil. Okay. I think, and I don't know, something power, I've been trying to figure this out for the better half of 20 years, or <laughs> closer to 25, and, like, I can't figure it out. Yeah, I know the rap guy at one point says, we're heroes, not zeros. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, dude, those rhyme. And they've got power <laughs> to the max. I mean, come on, man, they're tough as nails. <laughs> yes. and... <laughs> Wish I had power to the max. Oh, man, that show is so full of, like, great 90s, like, cliche turns, because it's like, there's so yes. many of these great catchphrases. Like, I, I can't remember the last time anybody said to the max of anything. To the the max. first thing I wrote down was, this is the most 90s thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and we lived through the 90s. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we grew up in that time period, and this is the most 90s thing I've ever seen. Well, let me just say real quick, Wildcast started in 94, ended in 95, created obviously by Jim Lee and Brandon Show. The show was developed by David Wise, produced by Wildstorm Productions and Nelvana Limited, ran for one season, 13 episodes on the CBS network, and for a short synopsis, couldn't really find a synopsis, so here's generally what Wildcast is about. It's the universal war between two prehistoric alien races. One of the races is the heroic Karubim, and the other is the evil Daemonites. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, isn't that Transformers yep. just with different names? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, kind of. Autobots, Decepticons, Karubim, yeah. Daemonites. I couldn't give her a name. Karubim? Yeah, like, how do you pronounce that? Because they were I, saying Karubim? Oh, yeah, Karubim. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure it out, honestly. Like, I kept trying to say it, and I'm like, nope, not even going <laughs> to yeah. try. I kept calling them Caribou, so just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what? I, that's it sounded what I heard like that's what times. they said. Yeah. So we'll just call him the uh, caribou for the rest of the episode. There you go, there a, you go. It makes it so much easier. Yeah. Like, he's a caribou warrior. And caribou I'm just picturing warrior. some dude with antlers, like a, a deer with like machine guns well, and stuff like strapped to him. I'm well, like, Maul, yeah, dude. Maul had antlers on his shoulders, <laughs> so that's close enough. Oh, that's true. He's a real caribou. Yeah, he was the epitome of caribou. So Chris, <laughs> who are some actors in this show? Okie doke. The character of Jacob Marlowe was played by Sean McCann. Who's done lots of random television, um, most notably the voice of Grandpa on Little Bear, like one of the old Nick Tunes. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Little Bear? Mm -hmm. Nick Jr. That's That was the block it was in. Um, character of Spartan was voiced by Rod Wilson, not a porn star. I mean, with a name like that, you should be, but he's not. <laughs> also done a lot of random television. Currently voices a lot of stuff for Marvel animation and games. He's the voice of Longshot in the X-Men animated series and oh, the nice. voice of Hank Pym. In Avengers United They Stand. Um, character of Zealot was voiced by Roscoe Hanford as a girl. I've never heard that name for a female, which kind of weirded me out. And I was trying to find like pictures and stuff for the longest time because I'm like, this is so confusing. But she's only done about four or five projects, um, including this and voicing Miss Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers on the X-Men animated series. So Ooh. there's there's a lot of, of these guys were kind of in and out of 
similar shows like that. Character of Grifter, voiced by Colin O'Meara, um, who did a lot of 90s cartoons, including Rupert, Adventures of Tintin, where he voiced Tintin, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, Beyblade, and Sailor Moon, where he voiced the character of Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, okay. Yes. And one of the most popular <laughs> Sailor Moon characters. Yes. <laughs> I love how they made that distinction. I was like, who, how do you not know Andrew? I mean, granted, <laughs> your Sailor Moon episode was about half hour strictly Andrew. And I'm like, when are they going to get to the actual Sailor Scouts? God. They're like, <laughs> nah, let's just use Andrew. Um, <laughs> character of Maul was voiced by Paul Mota, who has done some made for TV movies, but most notably works as an artist and an animator where he's worked on things like Space Jam. Osmosis Jones, Curious George, and Disney's The Princess and the Frog. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So he yeah, he's had a lot more fame as like an animator than anything else, and he's had some really cool stuff. He's like, why would you bring up Wildcats? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. The character of Voodoo was voiced by Ruth Marshall, who again, all of these people have done a lot of random television stuff, like reoccurring bit parts and stuff on all these TV shows. But she most notably played a character named Helen Edwards in the Degrassi TV series. Is that how you say it? Degrassi? Degrassi? I think it's Degrassi. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the, the character of Warblade was voiced by Dean McDermott. Um, again, lots of random television. Um, kind of just guest star circuit stuff and things like CSI, all that stuff. Mary Dettori Spelling. Ta-da! Mm. The, the random factoid. Fun. Interesting. And then the character of Hellspont, voiced by Maurice Dean Wint, who's done a lot of television and some cartoons, but his most notable role was in the Captain Power series in the 80s, where he played Captain Robert Scout Baker. (laughs) (laughs) I I cannot explain what Captain Power is, really, but it's the most 80s thing you'll ever see in your entire life, so you have to go I had his action figure. Yeah, yeah. go look up Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. It's amazing. Oh my God. I, I want to watch that so bad. I, I immediately, looking this up, I had to tell Joseph, and like I think you immediately went and started watching some stuff. I did too. I was like, this is amazing. Is it, is it a movie or a TV show? It was a TV show, but they have some movies that oh. spawned from it too. Okay, it's the movie that I watched. Well, I didn't watch oh, okay. it, but I saw that yeah. it existed. Yep. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> like, this is big. That show is pretty much what this entire podcast is about. And I'm actually surprised that that wasn't one of the first episodes because, yeah, you're right. I think it might be even more 80s and Turbo Teen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It's, it's crazy. Screams 80s. And that's it for the cast. That's like the, all the main people's. The that's awesome. I appreciated yeah. the mall guy moving on to the animation stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's nice that if if that him not finding a whole lot of success in acting or voice acting and stuff like that, that he still stayed in animation mm-hmm. and went on to work on some really awesome things. I mean, some really inspirational stuff. Like I, a lot of people hate Space Jam, but I think Space Jam's how, freaking amazing. How do a lot of those people are my Jam. friends? I, I, there's a lot of people that that think it was a terrible movie, and I'm really? like, well, yeah, but that's what that's part of the fun. Like Michael Jordan was not great, but it was still awesome. Yeah, there's a movie where Michael Jordan and Bill Murray play basketball against right. a bunch of cartoons. <laughs> exactly. Like if Bill you, it's Murray one of those things. That if you weren't there, ways. like you just you'll just never get it. You just yeah. you had to have been there. So good, man. So good. Yeah, that's that's a great movie. 
screw anybody who says otherwise. They're wrong. Yeah. Or, screw them. Not literally. No. Because we're mad at they you. don't deserve it. <laughs> Here's a few tasty marshmallows out of a big bowl of Wildcat cereal. Oh, that sounds gross. <laughs> just, it would have like, it would just be milk with a bunch of fur and stuff in yeah. it. It sounds yeah. disgusting. <laughs> well, oh, we, I, I should have said the full title. It's Wildcats Covert Action Teams. That's the what's that's what the acronym. Nothing about the show was covert. No, it was it was everything explodes. Wait a minute, it should have been wild oats because it was completely overt action team. (laughs) Where does the where does the S come from? If it's covert action teams, teams. But no, you can't do that. You can't add the the first like letter of the word and then count the last letter of the word too. It would just be wild cat. Nope, they did it lowercase, so it counted. Oh my god. So, you'd uh, have to make it like covert action team stuff. No, I, I still like Wild Oats. That's what the wild, name should have been. Wild, wild Oats. Wild, wild, wild Oats. oats. <laughs> Lots of fiber. We're cooking breakfast. Wild Oats. <laughs> <laughs> I like where this is going already. We, we got our second musical episode going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From the start. Yes. So for a little nerdy history lesson, the animated series is based on Jim Lee's creator-own comic of the same name, not Wild Oats, Wild Cats, which was one which was one of the launch titles <laughs> for the newly founded Image Comics back in 92. The other launch titles included Todd McFarlane's Spawn, Rob Liefeld's Youngblood, and Eric Larson's The Savage Dragon. That's awesome what it came off of, and still Image Comics is going to this day, and it's still a very popular indie distributor, so... Yeah, Image has some of my favorite stuff, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, Marvel has gotten super stale. DC's definitely doing way better right now. But Image has consistently been putting out some amazing stuff. Yeah. So, oh man, love Image. I will argue, though, that this era of Image, while it's very important in terms of what it did for the comic book industry, considering that it was spun off from a lot of creators who were doing a lot of big things at Marvel, but then I guess... There was a little bit of like, you know, there's a little bit of a tension there. Yeah. And they broke off and started their own company, basically kind of doing the same thing on their terms. Mm-hmm. But looking back, being removed from it all, like, and I liked a lot of those books, but the, the term era specific doesn't quite say it enough. <laughs> like, I pretty much played my own drinking game today with, well, granted, with soda, not alcohol, because I would have died. But the take a <laughs> sip every time you see someone with weird headgear shoulder pads and a laser gun that had multiple barrels that means you could never read a rob liefeld comic ever lots of pockets lots Lots of pockets lots of so many pockets yeah but there was something very just very just nostalgic about it and as much as i wanted to roll my eyes i was like man i ate this stuff up like you wouldn't believe this was so (laughs) much fun oh yeah everybody did and that's why like now everybody looks at rob liefeld stuff and they're like the hell is this like why did we like this (laughs) <laughs> like, like, oh god, his drawing was just so disproportionate and just awful. But at the time, everybody was just like, "This is great!" Yeah, yeah like Cable's biceps are bigger than a tree trunk. That's amazing. And now they're like, "This makes no sense." <laughs> but this cartoon did not shy away from that at all. Like they really just no, yeah. tilt. No, like I, one of my notes is literally when Warblade was introduced. I was like, "Warblade, what a name!" Jesus, <laughs> this cartoon would be Rob Liefeld's wet dream. Man, I, I'm sure it wasn't as packed with pockets and things as Youngblood was. 
Oh yeah, even, even that was all pockets. Character. Yeah, it was that all was pockets. Like one felt, one so. of the one of the characters was named Pockets, and that's what he consisted. <laughs> of. That was his power. His power is just pockets. I, I'm not going to verify that's true, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. On good oh, authority, yeah. I can verify that that is definitely true. <laughs> <That's> nice. <great. laughs> Secondly, uh, Warblade discovers his powers when he becomes part of the group in the first episode, and because of this, he's a group's rookie. But in the comics, the position used to be Voodoo's, where she was the rookie of the group. And so they switched that up a little bit. And a couple other things, like uh, the human guy, their their manager, um, Jacob oh, Marlowe. Uh, Jacob Marlowe. Marlo. I keep Marlo. wanting to say Jacob Marley because I keep thinking of Scrooge. But <laughs> every time they said his name, that's what I thought. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. But in the in the comics, he's like a, a carabim. Oh, sorry, he's a caribou like a like leader. <laughs> Who is yeah. like disguised as this human, whereas he's oh, just purely yeah. human in the animated series. Oh, see, yeah. I was calling him Tiny Cable. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. so small. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's like uh, the grandpa on um, uh, King of the Hill. He's got like no shins. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and because the series is marketed more towards children, speaking of voodoo, her comic book profession of exotic dancer is never mentioned. She was an exotic dancer? Yeah, in, in the comics, she's an exotic dancer, but in the animated series, they kind of made her more of a teenager, like Jubilee. I felt like her character was a lot more interesting, honestly. Right. And and especially because with that, that whole prophecy thing that comes up, and it's about her, mm-hmm. that just makes it even her character even more interesting. So if she was the new person, I think it would have made more sense, but... Right, but I wonder if that had to do anything with the fact that, I mean, let's be honest, this is early to mid-90s, action comic books making the female character the lead probably wouldn't have gone down like i'm even surprised that they Mm -hmm. even made any action figures for them because they were always hard to find you know what's funny is the video game that rooted from this uh they made a game specifically from the tv show the the cartoon and it didn't have any of the female characters in it you could play as maul spartan or warblade you could not play as any of the women really yep oh that sucks so that is definitely a product of that period of time in comics that's too bad you know what? I, I tend to like women characters more than guy characters. They're just more interesting. They have better stories. If, if done well, there's usually a lot more depth and emotion to to pry out of those characters than a lot of the guy characters. So it's yeah. too bad when they don't get their due. So, Chris, do you have any memories of this growing up? Um, Not really. I mean, like, I, I don't think I ever saw it, but... Some of the the look of two of the characters specifically were familiar to me, but that was it. And that was Grifter and Hellspont. It might be mm. because Grifter is uh, Deadpool with hair. Because, I mean, his mask is pretty much Deadpool's mask, but in handkerchief form instead <laughs> of, like, you know, covering the head. Mm. And Hellspont, I don't know why, but, like, he was really familiar looking to me. So I recognize those two, but wouldn't have known their names or anything about them. And that's it. I didn't know anything else about this show. Yeah, I could have told you about Grifter and possibly Zealot, but I wouldn't have known her name. I just recognized her. Um, Hellspont, I guess I recognized him, but I, I couldn't have pointed where from. Uh, Grifter only because he's also in the New 52. And really, a lot of these characters are. Like, now that the Wildstorm was moved over, it was purchased by DC, they made it part of canon when the New 52 came out. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, so now there, there's, like, crossovers where... I know at one point Hellspont is uh, in a, a Superman comic or vice versa. And yeah, there's a lot of crazy crossovers now. Grifter had his own solo series or solo comic for a little bit under New 52. 
Um, but I don't think his is going on anymore. I'm not sure though. Maybe that's where I've seen him before. Like I'm, I might have seen like his face or something like that on one of the comics, like browsing through DC stuff. Mm-hmm. Could have been. And yeah. Adrian, since you suggested this, what are your childhood memories of this? Quite a bit. Um, other than seeing the theme song with my sister, which <laughs> I still see seeing the theme song because it pops up on my iPod. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh wow, I have a lot of like childhood TV themes on there. But no, this was a surprisingly i didn't read the comics a whole lot though i was aware of them because at the time if it wasn't x-men i rarely read it but the animated wow. series pretty much ruled my saturday mornings because cbs had that you know ninja turtles mm-hmm. and they actually just had a really good string of action shows which at the time of course as a young boy who doesn't love watching things explode on a saturday morning Oh, yeah. And Fox had comedy. You know, ABC had like some really cool stuff, and especially like a lot of the Disney fair. But CBS just had all you needed to know was come eight o'clock in the morning, things were just going to blow up for no reason. So I actually had a lot of fun with this cartoon. But the funny thing is, I don't remember a lot of it. And I own this on DVD. No, but yeah, every time I watch it, yeah, don't judge. Wow, everybody's voices got real low when I said that. They actually stopped producing those, so those are rare now, those DVDs. Oh, oh crap. crap. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. The only place you oh. can get it now that I'm aware of is either if you find someone who had it and purchased it from them, or Amazon sells it digitally, but or no one sells the um, actual physical copies anymore. Oh, this just completely changed the dynamic of the show. Great. Now everybody's going to hear this. And now there's going to be an angry mob of people trying to break into my house to steal my uh, <laughs> copy of Wildcats. You have to go on the road show thing and try to see how much you can pick up for them as antiques. It'd be interesting <laughs> to put feelers out and just see what people would be willing to pay for it. Like, don't actually like sell it, but just find out. Be interesting. Yeah, put a bid up on eBay. See what you get. Well, next time I do this show, I was like, hi, I'm recording this podcast on my yacht, which I bought with my Wildcats <laughs> money. With my Wildcats money. Jim Lee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But yeah, I was a very big fan of the show. Nice. <laughs> and we'll be an even bigger fan after you get your Wildcats yacht. <laughs> and yeah, I think the only reason that I knew about this, I mean, I knew that it existed back in the 90s, mainly because of Wizard Comics because or the Wizard Magazine. Because it was all over that, along with the rest of the image stuff. I was mainly reading Spawn at the time when it came to image. So I, I think I, I didn't avoid Wildcats. I just didn't really read it either. Same with Youngblood and same with Savage Dragon. I'm curious about Savage Dragon. I, I hear it's really good, but I've never read that either. Yeah, me either. But um, let's go ahead and jump into the three episodes we watched for today's show. Very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally, random relation or chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically. But of course, we have to start with the very first episode, Dark Blade Falling, where Reno Bryce is recruited by the Wildcats in their fight against the Daemonites. Reno Bryce, my God. Dark Blade <laughs> Falling, this is all so 90s. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, Reno Bryce becomes, like, as if that name isn't crazy enough, becomes a Warblade. Warblade. And then, Jeez. just to jump ahead a little bit, we'll, we'll go back, but he thanks Grifter at the end of the episode for giving him his name. The part that completes it, too, is his name's Reno Bryce, he becomes Warblade. And before he even becomes Warblade, he's this giant buff dude. Like, muscles, like, just bursting out of his t-shirt. Yeah, he's Kung Fu Master. And he's a hacker by trade. (laughs) (laughs) But he's also a Kung Fu Master, but he looks like Doc Samson. He's got the green hair and everything, yep. I was like, only a 90s show would be like, yeah, man, 
let's make him a hacker that's edgy and cool yeah like he's at his computer and next you know like all of a sudden these dudes that look like judge yes. Doom from who frame yeah, Roger Rabbit show up and next you know he starts like performing his katas like <laughs> wait hold on time out what happened wait what why knew stuff here? was gonna go down when the the main judge doom looking dude breaks his like little um motherboard or whatever he's working on just crumbles it and i'm like oh yeah he, like, he kicks a couple of them and then he jumps out the window he's like nope i'm out i like though when he tells them that he's like i know kung fu and but then he does some hand motions and it's like and i'm like oh yeah dude that'll scare him <laughs> i think that was just for kids because i'm like okay what's kung fu and they just hand which is like okay in case there was anybody who didn't yeah. know you know martial arts at all we're gonna do this quick little demonstration. Then he proceeds to do like fire escape parkour. <laughs> right. <laughs> to me, as a kid, if someone karate chopped, I'm like, that's kung fu, that's judo, that's karate, that's everything. Just karate chop. Like, <laughs> so if if anyone ever confronts me about something, I'm gonna just demonstrate it right in front of them. Like, you want to fight? I know how to punch, and then I'll just like do a few punches in the air real quick. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta make the sound effects too. <laughs> So, and in this episode, the Damonites, as Judge Dooms, are after <laughs> Reno Bryce because he has not transformed yet. I, I'm not super clear on it. So, is he like part? I guess he has um, caribou blood in him. Uh, and uh, his power has to be tapped out or something. Like, yeah, it's it doesn't basic, just develop. It's basically just like the Inhumans from Marvel. Like, mm. uh, they have the DNA within them, and it just needs to be awakened. Yeah. So, like, in you know, with the Inhumans, they go through the, the Terragenesis or whatever. Like, the cloud comes through, and they turn to little cocoons and burst out of it, and they're different. It's basically the same concept is what's happening here, except they're caribou. Yeah, but the thing is, is like, the Daemonites and the caribou, it looks like they've been doing this for a while. Like, yeah. pretty much finding people that have uh, this blood, but yet... Even though the Wildcats are at least, like, they're supposed to be, like, the Caribou are supposed to be good guys. I mean, they kind of did force this guy to be a soldier in his war, like, for right, no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Like, completely by force. I was kind of thinking about that. And especially because, um, I mean, Warblade kind of brought it up in a way. Like, they didn't really fully get there. But, it, you know, he kind of had the attitude as, of, like, I, I don't want any part of your war. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of sucks. They kind of... they basically altered him and he'll never go back to looking like normal i would imagine he's forever changed and didn't you know want to be or didn't ask for it they just kind of assumed like oh we'll just change him and then he'll be on our side and he's like no you don't. like i don't want to have green hair and look like edward scissorhands like jerks and it's so funny like marlo at one point you know because when he you know goes he gets mad and he storms off and they stop him, like, you can't force him to be a wildcat. I'm like, wait, you just did. Hey, what else is he going to do now that he looks like that? <laughs> the the end of this episode upset me. They were on Hellspont's ship, and they had him dead to rights. Maul yeah. had him. Yes, I wrote yeah. that down. I wrote that down. Maul had just him crushed him right in there. In his grip, crushed him, or at least captured him. But instead, they're like, they, he drops him, and they run off. Like, what the heck? There was no planning. Obviously, he's not going to stop. Come on. Right. Exactly. And they do that multiple yes. times in the show. And I think I wrote that yeah. down. Like later on, they escape and it's like, oh, there's no need to chase him. Like, uh, yes, there is. That's <laughs> yeah, all. You have right. one job. <laughs> this is all Are you, you guys do. just playing for fun. Like it's a game. I think it's job security because think about it, though. Their <laughs> whole sole purpose now is to 
fight demonites, but if the demonites are blown up, now they're just a bunch of weird superpowered freaks who are forced to live in a world that'll probably hate them, much yeah. like the X-Men. So, if they figured they keep the demonites around, you know, they'll always have a job to do. But they could have at least <laughs> taken the leader out, you know, cut the head off the snake and the body yeah. dies. Come on. I'm like, can you see Maul as a fry cook at your local, like, McDonald's or something? <laughs> no, it's not gonna happen. It's like, these fries are large and in charge. The only thing I can come up with as to why they didn't, like, go through, like, why they didn't, Maul didn't just, like, crush the guy or something is because, and it's not revealed yet, I mean, I guess they kind of hint at it, but they actually show it in one of the other episodes we watch, is that he's just another Daemonite, so he is one of the crazy lizard-looking things inside of this body so it's like, okay, so the actual body that Hellspawn is might not be a bad guy. You know? Right, but if that's the case, and they show this a couple times, Voodoo is able to exercise the demons from right. their bodies. Could have so just she, done it. They could have just captured him, <laughs> done yeah, that. That's true. And fixed that problem. Yeah, they fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's really no skirting around it. They no. just, they screwed it right there. Like, look, we're superheroes, but we didn't say we were good at it. Yeah, the, the very first episode, they just they messed it all up. <laughs> Seriously, and, the, and that's the very first episode, too. They have a chance to capture and or destroy their main enemy and do not go through with it. Yeah. That, so immediately I was kind of on the defensive where I was like, come on, come on, why? I wrote yeah. that in all caps. And it's like, he's invulnerable because the whole time Hellspawn's shooting him and just Maul's is like, yeah, right. whatever. Right. Stop One thing I did me. like about Maul's power is he does, there is a weakness to it where he gets more angry the larger he gets. In the comics, he gets less intelligent the larger he gets, so he has less control, oh, which kind of makes more sense. That's, but, yeah, I like that. But the anger thing is pretty cool too because then he just becomes kind of a Hulk. Yeah, he gets really big and then he's too angry and can't control himself, which happens in the next episode. Good segue. Got it. Next episode, Soul <laughs> of a Giant, season one, episode seven, which is the highest rated episode. This episode was pretty cool. I like this episode. I did too. Yeah. Hellspont is on a dig in the, I, I don't remember what the desert was. They're looking for this artifact and then Wildcats come to stop them and it's discovered that Maul's father is also part of this dig crew working for the Daemonites. Yes. Yeah, this was a weird one. <laughs> Terrible career choice. Yeah, but the whole episode kind of was just very odd at first, because then they're talking about like this, I don't know, but I guess it was somewhere in the Middle East, and, you know, Wildcats basically go into like this foreign country and start <laughs> blowing it up. <laughs> And I know it was early 90s, and like I know Desert Storm had finally been over, but I don't know. If, I feel like somebody in the writing crew had a little bit of an yeah, axe to grind. They're like, let's just blow them up. <laughs> and at some point, Zealot was just kind of like, a gun is a gun. A true warrior does not hesitate. Dang, like, yeah. wow, right. thank you, NRA. I, I was really confused by the flashback that Maul had, because <laughs> I didn't, because I, I thought it was a flashback, but I guess it turned out to be kind of a dream instead. So I was really confused as to what actually happened because it, he was thinking, I mean, he was awake and just thinking and it shows him as a, a normal kid um, and he had found something at this dig site and he decided, you know, let me just run across this ridiculously long two by four um, <laughs> that's over the top of this giant gaping chasm. Nothing could go wrong. So he just runs across it. Dad, I found this and it, ah! and then falls and like he's uh you know, gonna fall in and, and the, the 
thing starts collapsing right, and stuff, and right. his dad saves him. And he like cuts his arm and gets this scar that they zoom in on a couple of times to show you that it's important for plot reasons. But then <laughs> he starts turning into what we know as Maul. Like right after the dad's like, oh, you're my son. You're my pride and joy. I'm so glad you're safe. Just turning to Maul and he goes, you're not my son. <laughs> and runs away. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Wait. I'm like what a dad. <laughs> they cut back to Maul, you know, sitting there thinking about it. And Voodoo comes up and is like talking to him. And, and he's like, yeah, I never told my dad what I turned into. How could I? He would hate me. And I'm like, but what didn't your dad just like, didn't that just happen in, in your flashback? So then I'm like, okay, I guess that didn't happen and he was just imagining it, but they didn't explain it well. They didn't explain it, but my take on it was that his father thought that when he fell down into the pit, something took him or took over and that's its true form. And so he's got a mixture of emotions going on. He's afraid he's just lost his son who we just got a lot of... uh, exposition on in that he you know is he loves his son he's the most important thing in the world to him so without him he's kind of lost and we see that the rest of the episode actually yeah i was just so confused because it felt like his dad didn't know anything about what actually happened to him and that like things that maul drops throughout the episode made me feel like you know his change into the into maul occurred later in his life and that he just never said anything to his dad, so his dad just never heard from him again and thought he just disappeared or something. I don't know. Adrian, what do you think about that? I don't know. I feel like I was... It made sense to me that he would have been transformed, you know, and then his father basically being like, you know, like you said, you're like, you're my pride and joy. He sees this thing mm-hmm. and he flips out, like, instantaneously. And it was kind of a cool story because it's sort of like that idea of he is this creature his father doesn't see that and i kind of thought it would be a cool storyline of him trying to show that it's still his son despite the fact that he's now this freakish caribou or whatever but yet the whole idea of he oh he didn't know that his father changed but i'm like oh so that completely yeah disregards like the last five exactly. minutes worth of footage because like, then lot, when his guys. dad sees maul he doesn't recognize him you know so he so he never knew or saw that his kid turned into anything Jeremy, that was his name. I still feel like he he saw that, but he didn't know how to um, comprehend it at the time. I don't think that the show did any kind of misleads where it was him imagining what happened. I think that that's probably exactly what happened. And just for story reasons, his dad didn't recognize him or didn't remember because it wouldn't have made as much of an impact if his dad was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You were there and my son disappeared. Right. It was just super confusing. I don't know, but this whole show's full of misleads. I'm sorry, but this whole show's <laughs> yeah, full of yeah. misleads because then when you see him later on, you know, his father's working for the Daemonites and then, you know, Voodoo does the, I don't know, Daemonite yeah. scam thing. And she's like, right. oh no, he's legit. Like, not he's possessed. not even a Daemonite. So then I'm thinking to myself, okay, so this guy's a jerk twice <laughs> yeah. over. So not only in this now fake vision did he just completely disregard his son despite just telling that he loved him now he's just completely lost all of his ethics what i liked about that was that he that really shows that he's completely invested in his work now like he's become cold after the loss of his son and so he doesn't care who he's doing this for he's just doing it for the sake of discovery and work i really like this episode yeah, I, I, this made me like Maul and it made me like Voodoo a lot too, because Voodoo is like, 
you know, they, they didn't really come out with it, but I got the feeling that Voodoo was kind of sweet on Maul a little bit, just the way she talked to him. Mm-hmm. And it was very obvious that Maul had a thing for Voodoo. So this this right. episode made me really like those two characters a lot. And it also made me like um, Zealot a lot, too, because this one line that she says is when um, Grifter, Zealot, and um, Warblade are trying to infiltrate this camp and they're underneath something, like lifting it up and trying to be stealthy. And Grifter is like about to sneeze and she just turns to him and she's like, do not dare. <laughs> and it's just the most <laughs> stern thing I've ever heard. And like, I was laughing so hard. And then Warblade just sneezes and he's like, sorry. <laughs> so the cover's just completely blown. But right. Man, that cracked me up so hard. <laughs> and it makes it even better, like finding out her and grifters kind of relationship in the in the next episode but we'll get there but mm-hmm. yeah that was really funny and um another thing that cracked me up was maul he refers to the daemonites as is it bug faces or yeah i do, think so okay so there's a few times when he says it that it sounds like he's saying bug faces oh. <laughs> and, and, and so every time he said it i was dying and i'm like there's no way there's no way they thought that that said bug faces like <laughs> There's no way they didn't catch that, and they just let it go. But yeah, this episode was really cool. Like, it was interesting in the show that even despite all the '90s flair and all, you know, the swords and guns, and everybody's just super gruff and trying to be a badass at all times. But this episode had a yeah. lot of heart to it, mm-hmm. and it showed that even for a Saturday morning action series, there were moments like you mentioned before with uh, Zella and Grifter that there's some pretty decent writing. Buried underneath all the, you know, and all the cliche all the, and yes. all the normal tropes. Yeah, they, they sneak it in. I agree. Oh, and uh, one thing, Zealot, I mean, so many of these characters remind me of, like, the X-Men animated series and, like, you know, like the Rob Liefeld era of X-Men, you know. It, yeah, she's totally Shatterstar. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's like a mix of that and Rachel Gray because she's got the red marks, like, on her face, like, like Rachel has. From- oh, my God, I never paid attention to that. Yeah, because she was around for quite a while. I mean, granted, before the 90s, I mean, she had a pretty big arc in, like, the late 80s. Uncanny, oh, yeah. Because much like the other Summers, you know, they always came back from the future and then realizing, well, they're kind of screwed up because of it, because all they know is war. And it was a lot of fun stuff. But, yeah, I didn't notice that or didn't even pick up on that until you mentioned it as far as uh, Zelda. Yeah, the same marketing. Wow, so they yeah. really did just kind of pick a lot from, like, Marvel stuff. And not, I'm not, you know, trying to cut them down and say that they're unoriginal, but... And each character, you could definitely see where the influence lies. Oh, yeah. I mean, Grifter's mask is just like Deadpool's. I mean, the design is, like, spot well, th- on. There's another character named Pike, one of the villains who looked even more like Deadpool. Really? Oh, the guy with the giant shoulder yes. blades? Who, like, the, not shoulder blades, but, yeah, he had, like, the shoulder pads, who I'm pretty sure he can't get through doors <laughs> normally with the- well, let's go ahead and jump into the third episode we watched since we've talked a little bit about it already. This episode I chose because on TV.com, the description of the show was something completely different than the episode actually was. Well, on TV.com, it said something like uh, Warblade is watching TV and spots a martial arts match and then decides to compete. And so he goes to compete in a martial arts tournament as Warblade and... <laughs> I was like, man, this sounds hilarious. I have well, to grab this one. that didn't happen at all. I, yeah, that's not at all what happened. <laughs> not even close. This episode is called And Then There Were None, Season 1, Episode 10. What's interesting is it kind of chains off of the previous episode well because they were digging for this artifact there, or looking for this orb, 
And we find out in the last episode that Voodoo is the the one who is able to actually channel this orb to use it. Yeah. And then in this episode, we get even deeper into that as they find they were they were saying I think this is the the island that they of the Amazon island that Wonder Woman is from uh, Themyscira or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's but this is buried underwater, so they have to go and locate it, and they do eventually. But it's buried under all these rocks, so they start using these concussive bombs, or the the enemies, Daemonites, get a hold of these concussive bombs to go and release it. Yeah, this episode is wild. I don't know if anyone picked this up or not, but uh, the the part in this episode where Maul tries to save Voodoo from the explosion, did anybody notice that that whole sequence was basically a edit of almost three or four different scenes from previous episodes? <laughs> oh, really? Like the scene where he first yells um, for Voodoo, like it's that same scene where he first yells, you know, I'm large and in charge from like the first <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> and then the scene where she gets knocked out of the way, I could have swore it was either from the first episode or even the second, but you could definitely tell it's like hastily edited yeah, together. Like, like other than the explosion, they didn't actually have any real footage to show so they just <laughs> oh. hobbled it together so it looked original. you know what's really funny about that explosion Wait, right. too is when it zooms in on the timer there's like 37 seconds left and maul runs in like no boom and it wouldn't have taken him 37 <laughs> seconds to get there so it, it, right it, if in reality he would have gotten there grabbed her run off and they would have had time to have lunch or something and then it would have exploded <laughs> and all of a sudden as they're like finishing their sandwiches there's like a rumble like you hear something (laughs) yeah Maul gets gets super hurt even though all that happens is like his costume isn't even ruined there's just a little bit of steam coming off but apparently he was really hurt because he shrunk down to like human size yeah and he was a handsome purple dude he was a handsome purple man yeah (laughs) that costume though is like invulnerable it's like part of him because even when he first transformed in the, the last episode he had that costume on that happened with Warblade when he they used the little thing on him like and he transformed like his costume was like already inside him. I don't know how that <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah, like it's already fully formed. Like they can never take. Yeah, that and off. even one of the characters was even like, "Oh, nice costume." And I'm like, "Yeah, explain that, please." Like, <laughs> yeah. where did that come from? <laughs> I just love the scene when he's recovering in a bed and he's larger and purple but he has like the blonde 90s hair thing and he's going got a soul on. patch and he reminded me so much of like the infragable crunk from uh justice friends <laughs> oh yes. yes oh my god and he had a little blonde soul patch oh good lord oh so, so gross 90s. <laughs> so gross what i was gonna say is like one thing i liked about this episode was that we got a lot of insight into the personalities and the like um, feelings of the characters yes absolutely like there's a lot of sexual tension in this team, like uh, a lot. Oh yeah, because um, first of all, Zella is super mean to Voodoo, like because they bump into each other. Grifter's like, leave her alone, and um, Zella kind of makes a remark to him, but then says, uh, Zella says that Voodoo is attractive. Wink, wink. So, um, and then Grifter's like, not to me. She's prying to see if. She, See, if what, he finds yeah. her attractive because she's yeah. attracted to him. Let's kind of go back to what Adrian was saying about the clever writing. That's something yep. a kid's not going to catch either. But as an adult, you're like, man, like we've been in those situations, even though Zealot is thousands of years old. So she should be past this. But she's not human. So right. she may have dealt with things differently where she was from. So we, we get to see that she has a thing for Grifter. Grifter may or may not have a thing for her. It's kind of unclear, but since he he says that he doesn't think Voodoo's attractive, 
you know, and says it specifically to her, then it's like kind of like, okay, well, I think he was giving you a hint. And then we see more of like voodoo, like super upset, you know, about Maul getting injured and stuff. And Maul says something about her being like special to him and and things like that. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, obviously those two and Griffin and Zella all have things for each other. So and, and it's all, you know, unspoken things, except for later when voodoo tells Zealot to tell Grifter how she feels about him. And she's like, I can't do that. Even warriors have trouble showing their feelings or something, she says. It was really cool. And I was really hoping that if the show continued, they would have continued with that because it's really fun. And by this time in the show, like by the time it's almost over, you're right. Like the characters become a lot more, well, for the most part, I mean, Grifter is kind of Grifter and Maul's Maul. And they pretty much got his backstory out pretty early on. So I was like, all right, he's kind of boring now. (laughs) But the Zealot dynamic is pretty cool because, you know, here she is, this warrior, a thousand years old. All she knows is fighting and whatnot. And like Chris had said, having something of an infatuation is just very pretty much like outside of her personal code. Right. So it would have been kind of fun to see that a little bit. And I guess as someone who grew up watching a lot of Moonlighting reruns, <laughs> there's something about that dynamic that's always sort of fun because the two, like between Zelda and Grifter, like they're kind of going back and forth and whatnot. Like it was a lot of fun. It, it almost reminded me to mention Wonder Woman again of Wonder Woman. Like she's a warrior princess and she mm-hmm. doesn't know how to deal with men either. You know, she's completely confident in everything but handling love. And that's a really mature topic to cover in a kid's cartoon like this. So what I really liked about this show was the fact that there were a lot of 90s dressings to it. But at the same time, the characters had these very human moments. Yeah. And it's I mean, even it being for kids, it's kind of like I don't think the kids would understand this at the time, but it's kind of introducing in a very subtle way the idea that you know, people might have feelings that, you know, they're not communicating, mm-hmm. you know, especially because when you're a kid, like if somebody likes you, what do they do? They they tend to pick on you a little bit. So Zealot tends right. to be really harsh with people, you know, especially people like Grifter. But, you know, she she likes him. I mean, she's got a thing for him. So it's kind of like, I think, introducing that concept a little bit, maybe not intentionally, but I, I thought that was really interesting. And it was something really unexpected. And that's the thing that really made me like her character is that they, you know, they kind of showed the little kink in the armor there and Mm -hmm. uh, made her more human in that way. Yeah, definitely. I really felt that um, at the time there weren't too many animated series that were really geared towards adults. But I really do feel that had this maybe come out much later, you know, now this would have probably been on like late Cartoon Network or even, I don't know, like Adult Swimmer. Or even just like another network where you can really get into a lot of the themes because you're right. Like there's a lot of really cool mature writing here, but it's a cartoon and there's action. So, of course, what do you think? All right, we'll put this on Saturday mornings. We'll sell a bunch of merchandise to kids. But I remember that's why I really don't have a lot of memories of the show other than the theme song and just the way they look, because I think a lot of stuff pretty much went over my head. Yeah. Because other than that, it's just your typical action cartoon where it's just good guys fighting bad guys. It's very black and white in that sense. Yeah. An idea that really intrigued me, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, was the fact that the Daemonites are all these little green, like alien creatures, lizard like creatures, and they possess bodies. And that's something I didn't yeah. know at first. So I thought it was really cool. And especially when we see Voodoo starting to pull the. Daemonites out of some of the other characters. So it's 
So then it's like, wow, like these are actually other characters, potentially other caribou that are that have been caribou. possessed, yeah, <laughs> that have been possessed like permanently, like they are have been taken over. And that's just such an interesting concept because it's like Hellspawn, yeah. he may not necessarily even be a villain, but he yeah, is exactly. because of what's taken over. It made me wonder about that. That made me interested in him. Like, I want to know the backstory of that body that mm-hmm. he's in because Hellspawn is not the, the <laughs> thing we see. Hellspawn is the little green guy inside of him. And yeah, he could be a totally different character. Maybe he's from a peaceful planet and just happens to look like a creepy demon Satan person. Right. But he he might be a super chill guy that just really likes to hang out and like watch baseball or something. But we'll never know. But it seems like they got kind of stuck on Earth because the rest of them really just look like Judge Doom. Like you were saying right. earlier, Adrian. <laughs> Real quick, and this was something that really touched me in a specific way, was <laughs> that <laughs> that Grifter called Hellspot a flamer. And I, I yeah, was I dying, dude. I'm like, I left wow. so incredibly hard. And I'm like... <laughs> I was like, I'm surprised it got away with that. That term had to have been around back then. It had to have been. I'm like, how did that get through? Like, maybe it didn't mean the same thing as it does now, but I was like what (laughs) oh my god i'm pretty sure it was innocent (laughs) (laughs) and also that one scene where um in the last episode uh, the third episode we watched where they're all captured like the daemonites are basically just like super grabby oh there's like one that looks like this kind of like dry humping zealot's leg (laughs) oh man so chris adrian i think it's about time we ask voodoo to force out the daemon spawns that possess us to this very day our inner kids and see what they thought of wildcats covert action teams at first i was like ah this cartoon is going to suck because the first episode was kind of dumb but then it got really good and i really like all the characters like grifter Because he's like, I will shoot everything, and I like it because I'm awesome. And his mask looks like Deadpool, which makes me smile. And I want to grow up and be big and scary like Maul. I give this cartoon four and a half bowls of better than the Inhuman cereal out of five. And I kind of want to go watch more now. Bye. While watching the Wildcat series, I went through my own series of mixed emotions. A large part of me was ashamed at how unapologetically 90s this show felt. Specifically with some of the cringeworthy dialogue choices. However, once I looked past the decade-specific trappings that many shows of this time period suffered, what I then saw was potential. Though the execution was far from perfect, there was a certain strength in the lofty ideas snuck into the few episodes that we did watch, teamwork, a father's acceptance, and dealing with one's own feelings. If you were to personify Wildcats, it would most likely be a dude bro wearing sunglasses inside, but he would be inside an orphanage or soup kitchen helping those less fortunate. That said, I would give Wildcats four big bowls of Lucky Voodoo Charm cereal out of five, and I think you'll be surprised if you give it a chance. Ashamed at first, but surprised. In closing, Maul taught me a very valuable lesson in this episode, that real men do cry, and then grow up, get angry, and smash things. Thanks, Maul. Okay, so the Wildcats were fun and all, but it was really lame compared to the X-Men. I didn't really care for the characters, and it didn't make much sense most times, but Grifter was super cool, and there's a lot of action, and the theme song was really, really fun. I'd give it three out of five bowls of caribou cereal. I'm going to be saying that from now on. The name itself is just completely, I I just, I don't know. But that's a whole other discussion for another time. I think it's supposed to be like cherubs, kind of. In the same way that Daemonites is demons. Like they're playing off the the cherubim, which would be angels. 
Right. Like that's the the old term for agent oh. angels. So it's so cherubim. it's angels oh. angels versus demons basically. Yeah, that's basically what it is, angels and demons. Yeah, but then that leads into this whole philosophical debate because I'm like, you know, one isn't exactly inherent inherently evil and the other isn't inherently yeah. good, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. Uh, it's kind of sad how accurately the description of Maul growing up and getting angrier parallels right. real life. Yeah. Yeah. That episode <laughs> hit hard, man. <gasps> Guys, I just figured it out. Wild oats, okay? Wait uh-huh. for it. Picture it. Picture a bunch of horses looking like like BoJack Horseman dressed as the Wildcats in a rock band called Wild Oats. Wild Oats. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, that'd be great. Come on. Could you imagine, like, the team, like, they're storming into a building. It's like, all right, let's <laughs> sow our wild oats. I'm like, what? All right, team, time to sow our wild oats. It's like, I don't think you know what that means. Quiet, you. <laughs> Spartan has spoken. Oh my god, that would have been a six out of five. Like I would have given that show a six. There'd out of five. be so many horse puns. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, hey, don't speak to me that way. Shut up, you. Hey's for horses. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, then you'd have to have like a Thor type character. It's like I say the nay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all in favor? Yay! All opposed? Nay! <laughs> it's like, why do you keep doing that every time? It's yeah. old. Stop, please. You know you agree. <laughs> Great job, team. Let's go back to the lair and eat some sugar cubes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sugar cubes for everyone. <laughs> and get some rub downs. Good job, everyone. Oh, man. Um, oh, man. Do you guys have any final thoughts about Wildcats? Wildcats. Before we get out of here, Joseph, what about you? Uh, final thoughts. This show kind of surprised me. I was expecting it to be, well, I was expecting it to be what it was on the surface, which is very action packed, very nineties, very full of explosions, gunfights, whatnot. But there was also a lot of heart to it. And that surprised me that I did not expect. And I think that it was still underappreciated because it's something that kids can't really comprehend at the time, but watching it as an adult, you pick those things apart. You almost look for those in a show you look for the human aspects of it and there were a lot of human elements that were not in a lot of shows that i was watching previously like even in x-men there were some but i don't think they were this kind of deeply wound in so that was a pleasant surprise and i think that i would definitely watch more of this yeah i agree completely like i'm actually interested in watching more of it and reading the comics now like my inner kid said the first episode was kind of lame to me and it just seemed really contrived and plot holes everywhere but after that they they started really grounding the characters which is is exactly what you need in a show with such an outrageous like plot and the crazy settings and costumes and characters and things like that and it worked it it worked out really well so for such a short run that it had it was a great 90s cartoon and it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't already like i said i'm ready to check out more of it adrian what about you Wow, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head in both points. But yeah, this is a show that I felt was wasted on my youth because other than the action and the theme song, I didn't really think about it much for a lot of years. And it's funny, even watching the DVDs, like at least maybe every couple of years, I'll crank it back out. But a lot of times I'm watching it as I'm about to fall asleep. So I never really sat down and really watched it. And I actually should thank you guys because now having after done the show and I realized, wow, this is a lot smarter than I thought it would it was originally. But yet I feel like this is a show that should have come out now where there's a lot more sophistication when it comes to animated superhero fare and they could have really gotten to something 
and not necessarily just geared it towards kids on Saturday morning, because at that point it was always give me sugar, give me cartoons and please, for the love of God, don't make it noon. Cause I don't want to watch golf. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. God. My parents always ruined Saturday by turning on the golf channel at some point. Ugh. For for me, it was always Perry Mason. Oh, but see, I loved Perry Mason as a kid. Though. I didn't like it as a kid. I just no. Nope. I, I never give it a chance. I'll say that. Now, was it skinny Perry Mason? Or was it fat Perry? It Mason? It was fat Perry Mason. It was well, no, yeah. no, no. It was it was it was like in between Perry Mason because it was still the oh it was man, chubby. That's, that's the worst chubby Perry Mason. Yeah, chubby Mason. Chubby Mason. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a character in like a, a buddy cop comedy or something. Chubby Mason. <laughs> it does it really does like, you're off the case you're chubby, the case, chubby. <laughs> <laughs> that, i don't know why that sounds hilarious <laughs> oh my god time to go sow my wild oats <laughs> okay how about this then you take the marlo character keep him the same height and everything and name him chubby oh, mason. oh my god that's that. amazing that would be a that's much perfect. better name chubby, chubby mason. mason i see a spin-off <laughs> every <somewhere>. time <laughs> Every time they give orders, like, all right, you heard Chubby, let's yeah. go. <laughs> you don't want to make Chubby angry. <laughs> oh, that just put a whole different idea in my head that I can't talk about on this Damn it, podcast. Joe. Oh, I, I loved this episode just because of all the wonderful discoveries. Wild Oats, oh, Chubby man. Mason. Now I'm never going to be able to watch the show with a straight face because <laughs> everything's just going to be belly last the entire time. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like, and now the lost episode where Maul's father dies. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is hysterical. Oh, no. You thanked us, Adrian, but I want to thank you for bringing this to our attention. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I, there's probably no way I ever would have watched this or gave yeah, it a chance. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. No, no, but but I'm su- I was surprised pleasantly at how good it was. So, so was I. So were you, yeah. yeah. No problem. <laughs> well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching... Star Wars Droids, suggested via YouTube by Bean Bunny. I don't think that's his real name. Well, once again, I'm Joseph. I'm Chris. And I'm Adrian. And we'll see you next Saturday. We sometimes say stuff after this. Nope. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com. 